This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, we've got full spoiler reviews for the latest DC movie, Black Adam, and the season finale of House of the Dragon. Geek boner! Plus, reactions to trailers for Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, and Creed 3, all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, October 24th, 2022. Hi, this is Gilbert Gottfried, and you're listening to the Jock and nerd podcast. Why? I don't know. Check. Check one. All right. This is Roy Crabs out there. Let's give it up. What's up, listener? Thanks for tuning in this week, and welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. And he's the Nerd. And joining us, our very own anti-hero. He is the protector of the alley behind your mom's house. He goes by Teth Rugs, but we call him Rug Boy. What's up, Rugs? <laughs> you wanted to call me Tooth Rugs, but I only have six of them. Well, so you could be Toothless Rugs. You got six <laughs> teeth, teethy rugs. <laughs> teth Rugs. It's a very ancient. Uh, what does Teth mean? I have no idea. Is it like John Tesh or something? <laughs> John Tesh. No one knows that reference Amazing at all. Piano player, John Tesh. Tesh Rugs. If you combine John Tesh and Rug Boy. Yes. Teth is just, they're making up some uh, ancient Egyptian Middle Eastern shit. It's, oh, okay. It's, made it's not, it doesn't, uh, it's not a Pakistani word. No. It's not Urdu. I, 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 it's meant to be sounding like an Arabic word, but it may just be horse shit. It's <laughs> fiction, people. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like see like if that's just a name or is that like an adjective? Like, what does Teth mean? Does it mean like, uh, like cock diesel? Listener, <laughs> listener, if you know, look it up. Send us an email. Uh, yo, that dude is Teth, man. Yo, that guy is Teth. <laughs> yeah. No, no Teth on yo, that you guy. you be hitting the gym. You look at some, some Tethness. With, even Teth, bro? Fucking, yeah, you Teth. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about. I do know we have two big things to review coming up. And one little piece of news. Let's dive in, fucker. The Jock and Ned Podcast. We gotta start with a little bit of trailer talk because Marvel Studios has released our first look at the first movie in phase five Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Is that how you say that? Quantumania. <laughs> Ant-Man 3 official trailer out. And, uh, you know, there was all those reports. Anthony, you even said you watched the leaked footage from uh, San Diego, right? Uh, this is a little bit different. This is not what those things. Uh, were described as still a wild, colorful, very cool looking trailer. I don't know. I thought that when you described it, like when I was watching the trailer, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is what it, they were talking about. There seemed to be more lines, different lines from Kang. Anthony, what do you think about this trailer and how does it compare to that leaked footage uh, you watched? While it's ago? different, first off, than the leaked footage. It is. It's, yeah, the leaked footage. I don't think I saw much of the leaked footage in this trailer, which is kind of interesting. Ooh. I'm also... It's weird that they, not weird, just kind of interesting that they brought, they put this out today. I didn't feel like there was any 
they didn't build it up. They just kind of threw it out there randomly, which is... I think they wanted to get ahead of Black Panther yeah. or something. I don't know why, but in between, there's a little space here. Yeah, yeah. So what did I think of the trailer? Uh, I thought it was good. I think um, it kind of had a like a almost like a Star Wars kind of vibe in the a Quantum Mania. Yeah. In the Quantum Realm. whole lot of... Uh, it looks like a, a new world we're exploring and... You get Kang, which is kind of the big thing, the big hook for the trailer. Bill Murray's in it. Bill Murray is canon now. That's amazing. What'd you guys think of it? I actually rather love this trailer. I love the the opening jokes where the guy goes, thank you, Spider-Man. That's kind of funny. Uh, And then clearly you do not want to send a signal into the quantum realm and they all get sucked in. But wow, uh, the shots of the quantum realm look beautiful. If they spend the whole movie here, I would be fine. I wouldn't be mad at all. And holy shit, a lot of people live down there. There's a, before, last time we went down there, there was <laughs> nobody there. Yeah, there's like going down. There's fucking creatures and species and armies. There's a cantina, like you, you said, from Star Wars. I loved it. It looks great. Geek boner. Yeah, Geek boner. yeah I like the use of Elton John's Goodbye yes, Yellow Brick Road. Nice. I thought it was really well done. Scott Lang looks old now, now that there's a young person next to him. <laughs> now that Cassie Lang is all grown up. I'm like, oh. Well, Paul, I'm like, is everybody old now in the Marvel Universe? Like, what do you think of Evangeline Lilly's haircut in this? I don't know. It's fine. I, I mean, it's like, it's like classic comic book uh, Janet Van Dyne, oh, right? That's, yeah, I guess she cut it short, short. I don't know. It just doesn't, it, yeah, it doesn't look quite right. <laughs> Maybe. But I mean, as I said, like, everybody's getting up there in age. What'd you think of Kang? weird. I thought Kang looked pretty good. Yeah, the, you get you know you get the blue face when he's wearing kind of like the shield, but Jonathan Majors looks dope. It's crazy when you watch the uh, the Creed three trailer and oh. he's way more intimidating in that than in this a, trailer. A little bit. We should yeah, talk about trailer, the red trailer too after this. I know. Let's, I, let's I, talk I, about that trailer that, after this. Well, after, at what right now? No, no. After uh, this trailer. Okay, we'll talk about that trailer because that's like you got Killmonger stop, stop, versus stop. Kane. Yeah. <laughs> okay, shit. Uh, anyways, but no, this trailer looks like this movie has bigger stakes, uh, not as jokey, a lot of fun. Fucking Bill Murray. You can't go wrong with Bill Murray. It it does feel like that they're going to go bigger in this movie. They're It's, you know, the uh, Ant-Man and Wasp movies have always been like kind of second tier. Mm-hmm. And so this one looks like it's going to jump up to the big boys now as big leagues. So... I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to progressing this Kang story. He's the big bad that we're going to get in this next phase. So I'm all there for it. Like we thought, but the thing is we thought like the Dr. Strange movie was going to do it. That's right. And it didn't really do that. And so I'm just hoping that they actually do it in this movie because, uh, yeah, we need to kind of get this phase like off and running. We need to get this thing baking the oven right now i like the multi-generational kind of aspect you got hank pym and the van dynes and cassie and uh, janet van dyne payoff to her coming back from the quantum realm she clearly knows more than she's told anyone and i'm just excited to see this fucking city which is either what's the t- place kang lives in chronopolis, chronopolis or is, yeah. so or, they, or they tease the that in the quantum realm in the first movie there's a brief shot of chronopolis but it looks like here you can see a lot of this trailer you see is seems to be in Chronopolis in the quantum realm. This dude's got armies and ships, and there's just a shit ton of people. 
Uh, and I'm okay with like the Star Wars lookingness of it. It looks great. It's very good. Yeah, I think it was smart for them to put Kang in here because, as Rug said, Ant Man's kind of been a, a second tier, almost kind of a throwaway movie. Just palate cleansing. Watch the movie. Stakes are low. So now they're they're giving us a reason not only to just watch this, just to follow the the universe, but potentially this has some sort of ramifications for you know the bigger bigger overarching storyline. I mean, we know that Avengers, the next movie is Kang Dynasty, so we know he's yep. prominent in that, and we're getting him here. So I think uh, I think it was smart. I think you didn't get it as much here, but in the leaked footage, they heavily were telling the story that Kang wants them to do him to do a mission for him yeah. to get out of the quantum realm. You, you kind of see it here, but they don't, they're not as overt about it. But yeah, that seems like uh, the tie between Kang and Ant-Man. I am curious to see what the quantum realm looks like and explore that. So it's nice that they're not doing, even though they're doing a heist movie, it seems, might potentially, it's not a, you know, it's not an earthbound heist movie. Yeah, I like that. I want to see a heist in the quantum realm. Like that could be a lot of fun. I like a good heist. Who doesn't like a good heist? All right. Well, look, let's uh, let's. Well, we talked about Creed three. Let I, I meant to put this in, and I forgot. Uh, Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut and starring. This is a pretty fucking dope trailer as well. Uh, Anthony, thoughts on what we saw in the Creed three trailer? So I'm a big time Rocky fan, and I've really liked the Creed direction with those two movies. So overall, I like all the movies. Seeing this trailer, I very much liked it as well. You've got, as Ruggs mentioned earlier, jacked Jonathan Majors. Oh, they're both so jacked. He's bigger. Yeah, they both are big guys, and there looks like they're doing a storyline where these guys were childhood friends, and yeah. Jonathan Majors' character was maybe some an older kid that he looked up to. Uh, he, he looking up to meaning the Michael B. Jordan looked up to him, and he's out of jail, and he kind of they they get together and start training, and then. Uh, Jonathan the majors looks to potentially take everything that you know he had from, or he's he's observe Michael B. Jordan get, gain all the success that he thought he should have had if he didn't go to jail. Yeah, yeah. So there's been some controversy around the movie. I think Stallone's brother pre- completely dismantled this whole production and said that they were it was complete shit and they treated the Stallone badly and all that shit. Stallone's wow. not involved. They're still on in this. No, he's not in. No, he's it. not. No, he's not in. He's this not one. in it. And he, Does he, he he dies off screen. No, I don't know if he dies, but apparently he liked a comment that Frank Stallone made about how Michael B. Jordan and all this was trash. So it doesn't sound like there's like good good things going on between those two. But that being said, I love Stallone. I love that this has been built on his back and Carl Weathers. But I will say it's even though all that stuff aside, I, I will say that trailer looks good. And it's kind of nice to see a, mo- a Creed movie that isn't focused on the past. The first one is focused on him getting out of Apollo's shadow. The next one is focused in and, and, and Rocky, really. And the next one's focused on kind of avenging his dad's death. So I like that they're doing... I like that they're not tying back to the original movies from what it seems. I like this the, new the, thing. The, I agree with you in many ways, but I do think it's kind of weird to have Stallone like either die off screen or or just disappear like narratively it doesn't Makes really sense, no. it's almost like when like karate kid three or something where they just like all of a sudden they're like it, you know the story is just in a whole different place that it feels like so separate from the the first two movies 
And yeah, I don't mind actually that Stallone is not in this because I, this is a fantastic extension of the Rocky series. And like you said, Anthony, it feels like this movie now, they are past the shadow of all that. It's becoming its own thing. And uh, the story setup is great. And, you know, we're going to see Ant-Man comes out in February. We're going to see Kang. And then this is March 2023. And you see Kang versus Killmonger. <laughs> they should just put they him in Valkyrie's those suits. In oh, yes. Valkyrie's in it too. Tessa Thompson. <laughs> Uh, but right. the, really, the shots in this are very impressive, considering this is Michael B. Jordan's first movie directing some gorgeous shots like he picked up a lot from everybody who's been around, uh, you know, obviously Ryan Coogler. So I think that this could be a lot of stylistic things like Coogler would have done. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, it looks good. I do agree with you, Ruggs. That it's, narratively, it doesn't make sense, but I'm looking at it as uh, them getting out of the shadow a little bit, letting Creed. Well, have I agree story. with that. It's just one of those things that like is always going to be like weird, yeah. but it's not like you can't get past it. It's like you could totally enjoy this movie without Stallone in it. It's, and that's what's great about the character that they've set up. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's good, but it's just, as I said, narratively, it would have been nice if they somehow could have just either ended Creed 2 with him dying. Yeah. <laughs> just some closure well, or something. You know what I mean? So yeah. we could like move on and, you know, in, in that way. Stallone should have got a best supporting nom for his performance in the first creed absolutely absolutely this is another creed is another one where similar to karate kid where they took a old franchise from the 80s well that one is actually starting the 70s took an old franchise and made a spinoff in a way that you didn't know you wanted like no one no one thought they wanted a a spinoff about apollo creed's son right is uh for lack of a better term bastard son Right. Since we're going to talk about House of the Dragon later, yeah, no one, no one knew they wanted that. Similar to Karate Kid, you know, you know, no one knew they wanted to hear about Johnny Lawrence's adult life, but they came up with a clever way where it's not entire. It's not you know one to one. It's not Rocky's son. It's something else, but it's still within the same universe. And they've made they it work. can stand on its own right. also and be its own thing. And like a fucking a good boxing movie is a good boxing movie. So. You always just like a good heist movie is always great. This looks like it's be a fucking even box, great good like movie. sports movie underdog. Or, story. Yeah, just a good sports movie. Uh, but no, it looks fucking fantastic. So I'm excited for Creed three uh, listener. Let us know what you think. of Ant-Man trailer and the Creed trailer. Join our Facebook group. It's called Jock and Nerd Nation. Nerd. There is a link in the show description. It is a closed exclusive group for all of our listeners and little update on our 90s action movie tournament, which we are. Uh, still getting ready to do sometime next month. Uh, I've posted the list of the 32 movies we decided. Previously, only Patreon members heard the show where us with John Bellotti Jr. picked the 32 movies that are going to go head to head. I posted that in our Facebook group, and there's a little uh, interaction, little interactive component. And if you don't have Facebook, if you visit the show notes for this episode, jockinner.com slash 458, I will put the list there. And you can play along. Uh, here's how it's going to work. Here's the 32 movies. You will try to guess what four movies make the final four brackets in our tournament. If you get close, you get it right. Uh, you get bragging rights. You get a jock and nerd, no prize. But if you get, get it right and you are a member of our Patreon, we will send you a T-shirt. Jock and nerd. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, for picking uh, the proper final four movies. That's how that's going to work. So you don't have to be on Facebook to get involved. Just email us, show at jockandair.com, your pick for the final four predictions 
of the 90s action movie tournament. I can't wait. I've caught up on some more. We will talk about that later. But right now, it's time for our first review, and it is House of the Dragon finale, episode 10. Here are your spoiler alerts. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. The Game of Thrones prequel has wrapped up its first season. Uh, the show was created by Ryan J. Condal, and it was based on the book Fire and Blood by George R.R. R. Martin, and the finale was leaked online like two days before it aired, quite a while. I'm sure that didn't make Warner Brothers and HBO happy, but shit happens. What are you going to do? Uh, Anthony, set us up for where we are for this episode. I didn't know that it leaked, so that... It, yeah, it, it, it got out there. Some of our listeners had watched it earlier, but I waited. I waited as well. I watched it last night. Where are we at? Well, King Viserys has died in the last episode. And on his deathbed, he is babbling about uh, the prince that was promised, Aegon. And Alison hears it, and she thinks that he means he wants their son, Aegon, to be on the Iron Throne. The latest episode, we obviously have seen Aegon on the Iron Throne, and Rhaenys has come out with a dragon and is flying to Rhaenyra to tell her. So we open with that. Rainey's is this one episode's mainly on Dragonstone. Yeah. Rainey's is letting Rainera know that hey, you're being usurped. They are taking the Iron Throne from you, and Rainera is in the midst of another child. Unfortunately for this child, this uh, news is not good for the child. We get another horrific birthing oh scene. Oh my god! And. The rest of the episode is Rhaenyra plotting how what she's going to do, if she's going to fight right now, if she's looking for her allies, if she's going to stand pat and, and try to figure it out. And the episode ends in a way that uh, next season is, is going to be the Dance of Dragons. It's going to be all out war because something happens at the end of this episode that is going to set her off. Yeah, what is it about this show that loves uh, difficult childbirths and dead babies? Oh, we have lots of dead babies. It's reality. It's reality. It is, and I and it's also I think like thematically mirrors the beginning of the show, where Viserys's first wife uh, right. has to go through that C section and she's screaming. But oh my god, she fucking she's standing there and she won't take any help and she pulls this pocket baby out by herself with her own two hands jesus christ yeah that was rough that was another rough baby scene She's like i can't sure. handle this right now i gotta go to war i i'll tell you what i was eating some snacks at the time and i had to oh. put them down i was like oh god why <laughs> i can't eat this right now why are you doing this to me uh the, the, you know the, i sometimes i hate the show it doesn't he's eating fuck. chelly donuts yes, he's like, oh, this is <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Eating eating jelly donuts or uh, he was eating baby carrots. Oh, my God. Baby carrots and jelly donuts. I was like, I can't. This is you just ruined two foods for me. (laughs) Game of Thrones. But no, some some interesting, crazy uh, things. Rugs, was there any moments that stuck out to you that you enjoyed? So, uh, I don't know. I think, first of all, George, rest and relaxation. Martin is a genius. (laughs) What did you say? (laughs) I got caught up in the rest and relaxation. That's, that's well, what the yeah, RR stands for. He's, he's got R and R in his name. Yeah. So oh, I know that. What did you say after that? Uh, I just said uh, he's a genius. Oh, he's a genius. Okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah, he's a genius. Like, uh, I don't know if it's because the the showrunners are, is sticking to what he wrote. They're not. I, 
No, I don't think uh, they are. Yeah. I, or they're, they're taking what he wrote and like going, okay, let's even, let, let's amp it up a little bit more. Um, but yeah, like all of these characters are right now very, very interesting to me. They're very interesting and they say a lot. And I was having this discussion about Rainera and how like they want to paint her as the bad guy, but she's really like the only thing that she's really guilty of is like, it's just kind of like not wanting to just do what everybody else does. She doesn't want to go uh, to war. Well, that and, and but then she ends up capitulating all the time. Right. So that and trying to pass off that her white kids are half black. Right. <laughs> like Michael Jackson. Yes. Yeah. But that's not her fault. Right. Like, that's not her fault. Like she would have, you think she wouldn't have fucked whoever that her dad wanted to marry her to marry. She would have, yeah. like she would have done her duty, but like, so I don't think that she's guilty. Like she's like, uh, trying to, to plot for power or any of that stuff. I think that she just wanted to live her life and do what yeah. she wanted to do. And like her father was a very peaceful person and just like, was just trying to do the right thing. And, uh, I think in this case, she's trying to consider, she's even trying to consider, like, how do I not fucking have everybody die over this fucking yeah. war? Yeah, there's some great lines. She's trying and to then, be like her father. And she gets pushed to the edge uh, after her, she finds the news that her her kid's dead now, like her, her son. And now she's she's going to turn and she's going to become evil now. This is her her turning point. So we saw that happen earlier. When the eye got lost from uh, whatever his name is. Amond, yeah. Amond, yeah. Almond. Almond. Almond milk. Almond joy. Um, <laughs> he has a blue uh, stone in his eye now. Yeah, he's got a gem in there. It's sparkly. So shiny. we saw like, okay, all of a sudden um, the, the Green Queen turned because of her son getting kind of, you know, messed up and disfigured. So now this is even worse. Now the now black she, queen. Yeah. Now she's the black queen. Yeah, she's gonna become the black queen. And uh her son is dead and her one of her dragons is dead. Well, yes, that ending was uh it was a fantastic dragon chase scene. Yeah, uh, you see the size of Vagar. Uh you know, it's 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 great because she sends, you know, she sends Luc- Luceris there. She's like That was a dumb thing to do, that by the way. That was a dumb thing to do. Absolutely. Like, He's I don't a little know boy. That- Horrible decision making on her part because, like, there's no way that was going to end good. Like sending your little son, yeah. like your little wimpy son, the to, Baratheons to this, are not to a Baratheon. Yes. No, he brings us a message saying, "Will you still vow your oath to my mom?" And Aemon's already there. Vagar's already there. It's raining. The fucking chase was great. Bo- wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Don't wait before you like, recap that though. So, Ve- Re- Aemon, Aemon is there. And he has already made a proposal ah, to the Baratheons yes. to basically Aegon is telling him he will marry one of the Baratheon daughters, yeah. whereas Lucerus is just saying, well, we had, it's your word. Yeah, he came empty-handed. Bar- yeah, he came empty-handed. So you have that whole thing. And then you have Aemon, again, taunting yeah. Lucerus about the eye yeah. and wanting to cut his eye out, and the Baratheons won't allow it. He's like, not under my house. Not in my um, rooms. Not under my roof, yeah. so that you know they do it outside. But uh, the fu- but they both lose control of their dragons, right? Yep. And they they alluded to that in one of the first episodes when Viserys is talking about the dragons, 
And he's saying, you know, people think that we're better than normal humans because we can control the dragons. But the truth is, is that we really don't control them. Barely it's, it's control an them. Yeah. Yeah. It's an illusion. And that's a good point. And, uh, uh, you know, so they, they understand this. They understand this fact that like the dragons kind of like they want to fucking fight. They like yeah. to fight. They, they're animals that like to fucking lash out. So you provoke them enough and they're just going to fucking let loose. So a big are each Lucerus and his dragon Arax. And you could see Eamon did not want this to happen. Well, well, well before that though, they're so set, set up in that Eamon is kind of, he's fucking with Lucerus, yeah. right? I think it's, it's, it's pretty much proven by the way he reacts at the end that he was he was fucking with them, but I don't think he wanted to really well, kill him uh, or anything. The reason for that is that Hightower went over there and tried to establish some kind of a deal. And at that point, Rhaenyra did not say no. Mm-hmm. There was still a possibility yeah, that they were, go- they were going to yes. get out of this without having to go to war. She's like, I'll yeah. think about it. Because well, she what she shows in that episode, I think, and you definitely touched on it, Ruggs, is that she is almost met she she has the mental and emotional maturity to actually be the queen of the realm because she holds off she doesn't allow she doesn't get angry she doesn't go jump right into war she's doing what's best for the realm and she you're right she she is considering the, that to just bend the knee let yeah bend the yeah. knee to Aegon and just let it let remain in peace what i love about this scene is Aegon Aemon's clearly he's fucking with him but there's so much tension first off in that scene with it raining and yeah. the fucking he's got the huge dragon and you know like when he's flying off with Lucerus is flying off with I think it's Eric's Eric's is his dragon yeah. yeah you know something's gonna happen but what what provokes it though I mean there, there's a couple things there's two different things Amond is obviously provoking it but Eric's he gets away from Vagar but Eric's decides to shoot fire at yep, Vagar first. first and you hear yeah. Lucerus go. Eric's listen to me like you know I'm your guy I'm your you yes. have to listen to me yeah. and that's when Vagar gets goes off and you see Eamon also saying that but what I what I really like about that scene is it reminds me of just how fragile these like wars are and that something like that a little small mistake it's, can set yeah. off a domino yeah it reminds me a lot of if you guys have, have looked at history at all World War One yeah where World War One is started by just a rebel group in Serbia, I believe, I forget the exact uh, people that started it, but they killed a prince and it had nothing to do with the the countries, but all these countries looked at it as an escalation of war and it just set off World War One. There wasn't really a, a bad guy per se right, in it. Right, right. Just- and this is very similar in that, yeah, Eamon's kind of being an asshole, but he didn't mean to fucking have his dragon eat the other dragon like there there's just and in the books i like this story i like this change better because in the books i believe from what i've read aemond it's a little bit more purposeful like everyone tells a story that aemond did it on purpose but it's also unreliable narrators because no one was actually there so i like that they went the route of aemond didn't mean to actually have that happen right because i think it adds more depth to his character rather than just he's another he's a Joffrey Baratheon or a, a friggin uh, uh, what's his name Lannister Snow no no not Lannister remember Snow from uh, the first uh, Bolton oh right yeah oh yeah that family well isn't he called the Kinslayer in the books and like he cut uh, Lucerus's eyes out and he brings him to his mother he kind of says that he has a line he's like well, yeah there's something like that where he the eye gift to my mom 
Right, right, right. So, but yeah, and, and they changed in the books too. I think in the books they don't ha- they have uh, Allison be much more complicit in trying to steal the throne. Where in this one, she hears about you know the, the weird tale about Aegon, and then she's also still like, no, we're not we're not gonna kill her. That's my friend. So they're adding a lot more depth to these characters, which I like. And uh, Renera loses two children in this episode. So, like you said, yes, this is gonna be the match that lights the fucking powder keg uh some great earlier though when she's having the war council some great lines where she's explaining she's like a war with dragons leaves everything burned i don't want to be a queen over a torched land right she's trying Mm -hmm. to and then damon yells at her and she's like clear the room please (laughs) i was like oh (laughs) shit he fucking calls her out for not going to war and he starts choking her he grabs her but he has a great line where he goes dreams didn't make kings dragons did He's never heard of the song on Ice and Fire. And then he starts to fucking choke her. But I'm not sure why he's choking her. Is he mad? Is he just frustrated? I think he always did that. Didn't he do it a couple of other times in the... In, in, in the... No, that's the first time he's actually put his hands on yeah. her in this oh. show. And I think, it's, I think it's symbolic of the fact that, A, I think he, he's frustrated that Viserys never thought of him as worthy of being on the throne. So he never told him that. And two, I think he's just frustrated at the situation. Like, he can't... He can't. He wants to jump into war, and he didn't know that you know of this story. And he's just like, "This is stupid. Like, what the fuck? That, like, he's hungry. He's also very. I mean, even though everyone kind of likes Damon now, he's supposed he's still to be a sh- kind of shitty he's a, guy. He's supposed to be a monster. <laughs> the first half of the season, I thought he was going to be more of a villain. They were setting him up as this monster, and then I don't know what happens. He kind of softens. He kind of gets sidelined. He becomes a father, but then all of his wives die or he killed themselves yeah he's not he's not a good human being no, no. he's like killed his wife <laughs> yeah no yeah, he, he is a monster his wife his other wife he banged a bunch of he banged, he he's fathered a bunch of daughters that are not even living with him and he's married them to his his son-in-laws i mean it just he's Wasn't not a great he banging guy. the white worm at one point like yeah he was he was all yeah he's all kinds all over the place he's he's in, he's a total asshole i'm not surprised that he tried to choke her yeah. I, I think he wanted, wanted to choke her. He would have, but I think he was just trying to scare her. Yeah, but um, but uh, I don't know. I feel like uh, he thinks. Well, he's right that he, they've got more dragons and they have the potential yeah. to get more dragons. Yeah, well, they got and, one less uh, now. They got that one big one, but if they sick like four or five of dragons on that thing, that and that thing's an old dragon. He's, it's gonna it's gonna be an even match. They do have more dragons minus one. But yeah, they, have more. they have potentially twelve dragons. Wow, versus wow. their four. But they have the other team has Vagar. It'll be curious. It'll be interesting to see how when they go into next season, how if Aemon owns that he took killed right Lucerus, right. or what if this, he's yeah. remorseful. What how the what direction they go with that yeah, character? He clearly did not want that to happen. Well, because it makes that character so much more interesting yep. rather than him just being a complete asshole, right. straight villain, an asshole. I love that scene. Was so I mean there was so much tension in that yeah. scene. I was I was literally white knuckle when he. You had to know first. Wait, when Lucerus lands yeah. in the rain, and you see him, and and you see the and you see him land. And he's like, and he's like this. He's he's thinking he's intimidating with this dragon. And then you see in the distance Vagar, just fucking like a mountain, like yes. Godzilla. Yeah, it's crazy. And you just go, oh fuck, this is not. Well, good. they kind of tell like, none of this is. They good. telegraph it with the in the very beginning when he's talking to his mom. He's like, I don't know, I can't be king of Driftmark. I don't know if I want to do this. And, uh, well, now he doesn't have to worry about that. <laughs> but this, uh, it just the scale of that fucking, the dragon was amazing. And then 
I love. Yeah, apparently in the book they say it's he, he's Vagar's nine times bigger than. Oh, easily five times Rex. bigger than that one, but yeah, nine times. And just the, the minute you think he gets out into the sun past the storm, fucking comes out of nowhere. Yo, how about Lord Corliss? I was right, motherfucker was not dead. He was coming back, <laughs> Corliss Villar, and he's like, "I'm back, bitches." <laughs> he's back, and he and he stands by. Uh, yeah. By Rhaenyra. Yeah, she's which is she needs which is interesting to see. Even though even though Damon cut his brother's head off. Right? But yes, but she needs she's gonna need that fleet. They can now choke King's Landing because they're they're uh, ruling the stepstones. Why do you think he, he stands by her? Is it because he respects how she's acting as a leader? I mean, I think it's more it's tradition. I think he respects his her father and her father's wishes and doesn't buy yeah. the bullshit story, like because it's you know, it's shady that he would change airs on his deathbed makes no sense of course right i think i think it's partly that but i think he also is seeing that this woman could be the one like she's the she's the leader and you mentioned earlier when she when she talks about ruling ashes that's something daenerys says oh later that's on. right no i love when they crown her i love that sir eric splits from his other brother eric and shows mm-hmm. up with the crown and they all crown her and they bend the knee to her and then you see reyna just smiling looking at her like you got this girl I told you, I told you we we're gonna wear this. Um, <laughs> the- what's what's what, what's good about the episode too is even though these are all fucked up people, yeah, and everyone wants to kind of see war. You're also even you know even though you don't know it's you don't think you know it's definitely not gonna happen because we're building towards season two and we know there's a dance of dragons. Like in the back of my mind, I'm like, please, just like. Can we all just get along? Can we just figure this out, family? Can we just figure it out? But it's, you know, they do a good job of wanting you to just have them, like, let's just be a family. Let's figure it out. And they, you know, that's not inevitable. It's inevitably, it's, it's not possible. No, the, the exact opposite is going to happen. Right. I was having a conversation with, with somebody who's just started watching it and they're like, I'm like, maybe like halfway through. And I'm like, so what do you think is going to happen? And they were like telling me all these things. I'm like, no, none of these things are going to happen. <laughs> I didn't say it. I was like, I just nodded and smiled. And I was like, oh, that's not, that's an interesting uh, way of looking at it. But I'm like, oh, shit. Like this, like people are not easily figuring what's going to happen out. Because eventually you know? all of the Targaryen dragons get killed, don't they? Don't they lose all of them? Well, yeah, we do know. Yeah, they're all the dragons die. I mean, we know. I don't I don't remember everything, but I do know that the dragons die. I don't remember seeing Valerians in Game of Thrones. Right, yeah. We, yeah. we know that we know that Game of Thrones starts and there's only really two Targaryens that we know about, three that we find out about later with Jon Snow, but two, you know, Daenerys and her older brother. So we know that we know that this this story really fucks them their family line up forever. Or is the beginning of the fall downfall, obviously. What was with that scene where Damon was singing to the one dragon? What? Which dragon was that? And what? What was that's last? an unclaimed dragon? Oh, he's trying. That's, that's to a dragon of I think like one of the Targaryens that died, oh. and he's trying to he's trying to bond with in it. the pit. Yeah, yeah, he's trying. He's he needs more dragons. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. because they're outmanned. Yeah. They don't have enough people. They don't have any hardly any allies. He's got eggs too, but that's gonna take time. You gotta well, yeah, that's right. an old dragon that um. Is probably comparable to Vagar's size. Well, it was pretty big, but I didn't know. Yeah. I was confused as to what. Yeah, it's an old. It's an oldie. Yeah. Well, it's clear, and he and what's also happening is he's still even Rainera is telling him, you know, hold, stand down. He's still prepping. Oh yeah, he's doing no, he his thing war. on his he's own. Got a hard on for the war. Yeah, he wants it. 
he wants. And so we are left with a final shot of Renera like looking at us right into the camera after just finding out about Lucerus and Arax and uh boom it cuts to black. You know, but I had a couple of nitpicks like the the show sped through so much shit in this 10 episodes. It spanned about 20 years. They gave us two big time jumps. I thought a little bit more would happen in this last episode, but I could see structurally how it mirrors the previous episode where that's was all King's Landing. And this is the reaction at Dragonstone. I thought we would have went a little bit farther. Let me ask you guys this. Overall, this season, did these time jumps help or hurt the storytelling and the character development for you? I feel like they were necessary because uh, you have to tell the story of how it all unfolds and you can't unfortunately do it in real time. Like you have to, you have to jump some way. Uh, It doesn't, I don't think they should have changed actors. I think they should have hired. I don't know. Maybe they did have to, I don't know, but or aged them up some other way. Yeah. That was a little bit weird. A little jarring. Yeah. Did this? Did the time jumps help or hurt? Yeah, what do you think? Um, I would have loved to spend more time with the characters, yes. similar to how the Game of Thrones yes. would spend more time. But I think it ended up working out almost perfectly. I think. I think. Other than some nitpicks on who they recasted, I think I'm with Rugs. I think this is a different Game of Thrones. They don't want to do the whole like Game of Thrones is. You're walking with these guys for eight years. Yeah. This is much more sped up, obviously, and and I think it's a smaller story too. Yeah, I think I think it just it just worked. I think I I, I was I was surprised that I, it worked, but it, it does work. I think it and apparently the the showrunner whose name is Ryan Condal yep, said yep. that this uh, the next season will even pick up even more, <laughs> more high, faster paced and more blood. And will be like much more like the middle run of Game of Thrones. I think they're ne- the next season they're going to expand outside of Dragonstone and King's Landing, and we're going to see more characters. I'll tell you why uh, it, this works is because the OG Game of Thrones, right? It has yeah. to set up all of these different things, all of these different houses, all of these different. You have to get to know Westeros. You have to get to know all the shit, Winterfell, all the houses, and this and that. And then you, then they start pruning, right? They just start k- killing people yeah, off. Yeah. And then when it gets to like the middle seasons, it's nice and a little bit, a little bit leaner than it was because it's really top heavy in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Then it kind of gets to be lean. And then people start to like love the characters and get attached to the characters. And they don't need to sit there and figure out who's who anymore. They kind of know what's going on and people are really able to lock in. Now with this story, they're starting with a, are already pruned cast and they're doing the opposite. They're building the cast as they go. So now there's more kids. Yeah. Now there's more people growing up. And now there's all of a sudden the Baratheons are getting involved. Yeah, that's in. interesting. So, they're and, and, so they're, you're able to latch on quicker and build the drama quicker because there's less characters and the, the story is very simple. Like, okay, this King decides to, uh, to make his uh his his only daughter because every his 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 wife and kid died during childbirth the heir and then all of a sudden he has a kid and it's a boy and that fucks up everything and um it's very easy to follow and there's nothing really crazy there's no like real world building that needs to be done other than uh 
the song of ice and fire. That's the only thing that's like kind of out of left field that they don't really explain that much unless you already know about the previous Game of Thrones. Did you guys care enough about Luceris, though, for this death to have any impact? Because I feel like the time jumps kind of shortchanged the development of these kids, changing the actors, aging them up, and you don't really get a full grasp of, like, these kids because there's so well, many of them. I, I actually think it was okay. okay. And here's... I, I, I could see where you're going with that, and I, and, I, and I can see the point. But I think they do a good enough job where even though you don't spend a ton of time with Jaceris and Luceris... You get the idea that these are these are good kids. Like these kids, you you see the scenes with them learning High Valerian. You see them defending uh, their, uh, I don't know what you would call them, sister wives. Yeah. Uh, you know, for, see them training when, when Aemond tries to, uh, you know, when he steals the dragon. That's you true. see them. That's true. You see, you see, you, yeah. you see them like giving a fuck, and you see them even in this episode. They're like, we'll help. Yeah, they're like, like send we'll us. Do, we'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're like send us. Yeah. Like they're they you see that they're they're courageous, they're doing the right thing. Okay. They might be birthed out of shit circumstances, but they're they're doing the best they can. And I think having him as such a young kid, just the way they have it with he's he looks young, he's riding in the middle of a fucking monsoon and he's getting chased by a dragon. Yeah. Like this little kid. that automatically yeah. that automatically brings about sympathy for that character. Who do you think is the, are the most besides Damon? He's like obvious one. Who are the most evil? Oh, Aegon. straight who? A- Aegon. A- Aegon or Amon? Amon. No, Aegon, the, the king. Aegon is Aegon is out there fathering children and then give putting him in the pits yeah. <laughs> to fight. Yeah, that's pretty. He's got, that, he's got think, bastard children. That's pretty out there. shitty. I, I think the High Tower is the fucking. Oh, High Tower is really, Otto, the, is really the bad. Yeah. Guy. yeah. Oh yeah, he's bad too. I think he he tries to come off with this dignified yeah. person, but he's really a huge piece of shit. He pimped out his own daughter to get for a political move. Him, him and him and uh, Laris Strong. Oh yes, are are both like uh, Littlefinger. Yes, where they're yes. both very manipulative. Yeah. Laris is obviously a, a bigger pervert, but. Otto's also you're right. That's not, that's a good point. I mean, Otto basically poured out his daughter, who was pretty pretty pure of heart, to Viserys. He pitted he pitted his daughter against Rhaenyra, who I don't think would have killed her kids. No, I mean he even brings her that piece of paper from the book that they used to share as like kind of a, a, a manipulation a manipula- manipulative move as like an olive branch. But really, I, I, I took that as she did that. Oh, Allison did that. Yeah, because I I feel like Allison does want. She's the only one that still wants the relationship. Like she wants to, she wants to be friends. Keep Renera alive. Yeah. I think Otto would be like killer. Yeah, we'll give a fuck. Uh, and Damon yeah. is clearly evil, and he's doing shitty things for well, political. He's not evil. He's just—he's not great. <laughs> I wouldn't say he's complete evil. That's the thing. None of these guys. Even I don't know about Aegon. He might be a real shithead, but I don't know if any of them are complete evil. I think Aegon's a real piece of shit. I think. Yeah. Um, uh, Damon is 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 kind of like he's a mirror. Good. It's he's like a mirror for uh, for a lot of characters, like to bounce off of like level of evilness. Like he was like a kind of a weird child that was always like doing his own thing, and the king was always like, worried about him. Like had to like cover up for his stupid shit all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Aegon is kind of like the same thing. Like he's always getting into fucking bullshit and. You know, yeah. not treating people correctly and whatever. Well, the but, problem with Aegon is he 
potentially has this birthright to him that could, whereas Damon never had it. So Aegon's like running away from that birthright, and Damon is he wants that he wanted more of that. Yeah, he, some people if they have something they don't want it. Yeah. No, there's a lot of shitheads. I mean, this is Game of Thrones. Yeah, they're all great. They're all. <laughs> they're all they're, you can make great. an argument that the entire cast is. You could. You can make the entire an argument. The entire cast is pretty shitty. Well, who's the le- the least shitty? The boys, right? The boys and Rain is right. Yeah, Rainus is is uh, she wants good. Although she's also kind of. I don't know. I think she could turn any second. Yeah, I think hmm. that she's like they're building her up to be this like person, but I think that she's like. I don't know. Well, I mean, I, like- I thought it was interesting. She explains why she didn't dracarys them. She's like, I, it's not my place to strike, start this war. But then she's telling Corliss, like, we got to side with Renera and take them down. It's going to be a problem. Even though they still think they, they killed their son. Right. So, yeah. yeah, I think the purest of heart person is dead now. <laughs> Luc- yeah. Luceris was like the yeah. most innocent. Or, I mean, I think overall the cast was fantastic. Like, I love both Renera's. I love both Allison's. Damon in the beginning of the series was my favorite. And then Viserys quickly became like my, what a, what a, what a character. What, oh, a yeah, performance. what a great performance. So good. I think episode eight, the one where he finally dies, that's probably my favorite episode. It was just a strong all around episode. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who are your favorite? If that would that be your favorite, Viserys? I, I'm going to say Viserys. That was great. I did yeah, not expect a, that. He gave an MVP performance. Yeah. <laughs> I would say my. I don't know why, but I'd really like Aemond. I think I, I just think he's an intriguing guy. He's getting more interesting. Yes. I don't know if he's like. There's not much to like about him, but I think he's just an intriguing character. Rugs, who do you, who you got? I don't know. I really don't know. Like I. Um, as far as who do I want to win, I or who do I want to like preserve here? I'm kind of right now in Renera's corner. Yeah, are we point. team oh, yeah. Allison or Renera? I'm still at team this, Renera at, now. At this point, now I've, I'm only team Allison on her own. But right. overall, you have to be team Renera. I mean, she's letting guys jerk off to her feet. <laughs> you know, she just seems like such a like a person. Like Renera at least has agency of her own. Yeah, you know, she knows like she. She does what she has to do because it's her duty. She will rip a stillborn baby out of yeah, her. Yeah, she'll rip a fucking Jesus. kid out of her. She'll, but she seizes her moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, she she married somebody uh, that her dad wanted her to marry, but she used it to her advantage. Mm-hmm. Like, she's like, okay, I know that I don't have to have sex with this guy, and I'm just going to bang who I want. And she does exactly what she did. So she did agency for herself, and um, but she at the same time she pleased her father. She finds a way to like, kind of please herself and her masters, you know, or, or whatever her duty is. Alice, it seems like she has less agency. Like even in this thing where she hears the, uh, the King's last words, like regardless if she heard it, like they were going to do this shit anyway. She's like, you know, she's got no power. No, she's a pawn in the whole, there's a lot of pawns in this story. Like the kids are pawns. She's kind of a pawn. Who's really, Pulling the she strings. can't control her own kids. Yeah, so she's let things get a little bit out of control. And now there is a dragon and child death on that he's going to have to tell her. I, I still feel like they kind of did the same thing the Rings of Power show did here at the end is use a whole season to set up what they were, what they wanted to do from the beginning, right? Yeah, but this, but this show, there was all that set up 
Made, you don't feel like it paid off, like at all. Like I mean, yeah, I think I think no, I mean this, I all that setup did. was amazing. Like it, it's it was riveting. It was. It was every episode, and like it's every every line is important, right? It's just like the original. There's no filler. Yeah, I, I think I think I mean I don't know. I mean, I don't wasn't. I thought they would get to the war in this episode. That's what but, I thought. That's my only thing. But I'm not. But I'm not disappointed with what they did. Yeah. I think by doing what they did, like because the last episode was focused on Allison, yeah. this one was focused on Rhaenyra, yeah. and I like the, what they did is they added more character to Rhaenyra. They added more character to everybody, and they they made the war. You, you feel bad that the war is even happening. This is all over. It's going to be all over misunderstandings and kind of unintentional things, right? Like you said, like you didn't. Yeah. Uh, she, you know, she heard wrong. Eamon uh, didn't mean to kill fucking Lucerus. Uh, but I, it'd be nice to have like some agency, like instead of everything always being up to fate or other ex- circumstances. But you know, I think it's fine. I felt like Eamon really wanted to kill him. Like he was going to go after his eye. I mean, he was yeah. Like, and what was he going to do? He was up there going after him. I, yeah, it was a weird back away from from Eamon. Then he was like, like oh, being whoops. a badass. Oh. I think he's, I mean, I think he's supposed to be 19. Yeah. So I think he's not really, he doesn't really have a plan in mind. I think he's just, I got the big fucking dragon. This kid cut my eye out. I'm going to fucking scare the living daylights out of this fucking kid and get his eye. If, so shouldn't, was so Lucerius was really young when, it, shouldn't Lucerius be older? If it, Like when that happened. He's 13. He was, th- how old was Lucerius though? Like seven then? What, when that happened? Yeah. Yeah, he was seven. Oh, so it was like a younger kid cut your eye out. Wow, yeah. that's got to sting. That's even worse. It wasn't even like an older kid. From, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and then you also you can't forget that. Remember, earlier on they were that Lucerus and Jaceris were making fun of him along right, with right. his older brother Aegon not being able to have with the pig yeah, and all that yeah. shit. So, like he has motivation for because he didn't have a dragon. Right. Yeah. He has motivation. I mean, these they were these are his cousins and his brother making fun of him. So he has this inherent motivation to want to prove them wrong, and then that fucking kid cuts his eye out. Given. Obviously, he, Eamon wasn't completely innocent in that situation either, but still. Yeah. It's a good, good fucking good show, it, man. It's a great show. <laughs> let's just rate. Let's rate it. Let's rank it. You want to give a season a ranking? Uh, Anthony, oh. let's start with you. Or, yeah. I mean, it's tough tough for me to remember all the seasons of Game of Thrones and where they all kind of ended up. But uh, this season, whew, nine and a half out oh, of ten. Oh, shit. Okay. I mean, it was wow, just, that's, that's good. It was awesome. Uh, I I'm going to say that uh coming in the you're coming into this in a weakened position. You have the travesty that was the end of Game of Thrones and now you have to now compete with Rings of Power, which is another fantasy show. Um other shows have come out and tried to be like Wheel of Time and all these other shows have tried to be Game of Thrones. Um and there was a lot of uh, debate on whether it can recapture the magic. And I think it, it did. I think yeah. that it did. It did get me back into game of Thrones. It made me think, okay, uh, we can still have a great show to watch. That's in this, in this world. And there's more stories to be told. And even though I was so against it, when I saw the previews, I was like, I'm not watching this fucking show. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. It's like one family. That's it. Yeah. I'm like, all right, whatever. And like, oh, they're good. Probably it's probably going to be all about incest. Unfucked up family. Yes. But still, it's good because I think that the way all of these things are set up, 
You have these gray area characters that some of them have agency, some of them don't, but some of them are like painted as bad, but they're actually, if you look at what they do, they're like, they're just doing what they have to do. And uh, others are like trying to grasp for power and kind of moving things. So it's very interesting and compelling. So I'm going to say, I'm going to give it an eight and a half. I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed it. And I think, uh, yeah, if you like Game of Thrones, you should definitely be watching it. Yeah, no, when it started, I was I was like, Game of Thrones is back, baby. Fucking, fucking A. And every episode has has built and got better. Uh, the, my only nitpick is, like, I thought we would get more of the war. But now looking back, I uh, I see why they did that. They're, they're, they, they want you coming back for season two, obviously. I wish we got a little bit more of the war. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. It was solid. It had me. I could not wait every Sunday to fucking watch the show, see yeah. what happened. Uh, and it definitely was big water cooler talk. I think. They did. I think they stuck the landing for the most part. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to see the next bit. Yeah, and this it, is, it does. It, Ruggs is completely right in that it, I think you have to, everyone factors in their score differently, but I think it, I definitely am factoring in the fact that Game of Thrones was, was dead in the water up right, until the right, show came right, back. Right. I mean, that, that, that series, that, that was like, it was like when Mandalorian happened, and before that, it was like Star Wars is dead in the water. We, we're not, we can't be doing this yeah, shit anymore. So it makes and, it even more uh, fucking right. precious that it is good. I mean, we had these conversations on the show yeah, and off, yeah, off yeah, the air yeah. about whether we wanted to watch it or not. We were all begrudgingly wa- wanting to watch it. So being won over by something, that's kind of something that doesn't happen often. No. Usually you go into expectations, and your expectations are not met. And yeah, and granted, we had low expectations, but still, it at, at a certain point we started to raise them, and it started to follow us as we raised our expectations. Yeah. So, is it so, so? I mean, the same. Is it as good as the original shows? Like you better can't, seasons? You, you can't it's, say it's, that because that that had this whole like long period of storytelling and yes characters yes. and you, we don't know how it's going to develop it can right. all fall apart next season we don't yeah. know yeah it's hard to, it's hard to completely judge it while it's mid flight but yeah it, it as far as this season i would put it up against any season of game of thrones any single season i mean this show is in like a unique position like you guys said the original game of thrones they had to work up the budgets weren't huge the special effects budget wasn't huge so while they slowly worked up to getting to the dragons and the armies of the dead you got them filling with lots of character development and this the you know the little bits you got definitely paid off now here you're starting with success of that show big budgets dragons right away uh, and somehow they don't blow it. I've, sometimes it felt like they were shoving in dragons just because they're like, we should put a dragon in here because we can't. But for the most part, I think uh, it lived up to well, the Game of Thrones. Let's talk about that real quick. Let's talk about dragons real quick. Yeah. Um, so Rings of Power, one of the most expensive shows or the ex- most expensive yep. show ever made, yep. had some dazzling dazzling uh, environments created and worlds created with the CG. Um, But it wasn't as used as well as far as creating something memorable as Game of Thrones in the way that Vagar. Yeah. All right. Once like that shit was like, oh, okay. This thing is fucking huge. It doesn't look like any other dragon that we've ever seen. It doesn't have the, the, the scales. It's got this weird fucking netting on it. We don't know what the fuck that's about. And it's just gigantic. And that's a game changer. Like to yeah. all of a sudden bring 
Now these dragons are characters. I'm starting to remember the names and notice the differences. Yeah, you and, get the personality of Vagar a little bit, right? You know, a little bit. So I feel like they're doing more with special effects as far as memorable uh, bang for the buck in, in that way. Like, I mean, the environments still look pretty good and the sets look pretty good. Yeah. Uh, not as good as Rings of Power like did, but like. It, in its own tone, it's very, very good. I don't know is that one episode that was dark. I yeah, remember there that. is a dark episode, which is always but happens. Overall, like they gave they gave us a lot, some really cool shit. So um, you got to see more of Storm's End, right, where the Baratheons live when Lucerus flies in. You kind of have this like shot of the 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 tower that was cool. So we got to see and Appar- apparently, from what I read, uh, Craig and Stark. Who we haven't really seen any of the Starks, right? Parliana is is a pretty important character in this, and that's going to be another thing. Having the the Starks introduced and the Baratheons, yeah, and they're going to start bringing the, the show's going to start expanding a little bit because you got to, you know, it's a war. You got to, yeah. it's a war. Even the, I think someone quoted as saying, even though we spent a lot of time in Dragonstone and King's Landing, the war is a war for Westeros, and we need to see the Westeros three families, and that's what's going to happen. And moving forward now the dragons can dance i mean i think we're, we're <laughs> gonna have up to wait a year or so probably for I think 2024 is when it comes Locking out now they're still they're, they're filming right now i don't i don't know if they started production i thought it's uh, yeah. something it starts oh, production right. next year 2023 well they had to wait and see right this right. is one of those things they didn't know it was going to be a lock yeah. until it came out but uh i have one comment from a facebook group jogger nation jose ibarra commented ibarra. jose ibarra uh, he said, I feel like they completely stuck the landing and then somehow sprained their ankle celebrating the gold medal. Most of the episode is great, but I'm not a fan of the accident above Storm's End. They're doing that thing again where an accident slash misunderstanding leads to war. Everything about Eamon so far would suggest he's okay being a kinslayer. Why not just let him be a full-blown psychopath and kill with intent? I agree. Not every villain needs to be a sympathetic character. I disagree. Obviously, I said interesting. that. Interesting. I I think it makes him a little more interesting, though. I, I'm with Anthony. Like it's not <laughs> just a straight up villain. I don't know. That's how it played out for me. Yeah. Well, yeah. Everybody's in the gray. Anyways, it's a fucking great show. Game of Thrones is back. Now we gotta wait fucking two years for more. Uh, in the meantime, listener, visit our T Public shop where you can <laughs> buy T-shirts in those two years, or hoodies, or mugs, or cell phone cases with the Jock and Nerd logo with Rug Boy's face. Visit jockandnerd.com slash shop it'll get you right there let's take a break here we're going to play some promos we're going to come back and talk about the latest dc movie black adam right after this after these messages we'll be right back hey there everyone brian here host of tv trivia pod it's a trivia style podcast focusing on tv and movies listen in for questions like what's the name of michael scott's screenplay what do you say to view the Marauder's map? And what's everyone eating in the post credit scene of Avengers? Play along to TV Trivia Pod anywhere you get podcasts. And stay tuned for more trivia! Attention podcast listeners and YouTube watchers. I'm Logan, the host of Mostly Superheroes, a weekly pursuit for the world's best stories with an emphasis on live-action superhero stuff. Every week, join me, PC Mike, The Giggler, Scotty Scoop, and Carrie as we talk MCU, DCU, books, TV, movies, and more. MostlySuperheroes.com is where you want to be. Watch us on YouTube, listen where you get your podcast, and we'll see you Monday, Sunday on Patreon. Enjoy the rest of the show. 
Doc and Nerd Podcast. Listener, if you enjoy this podcast, you can give back to all the laughs we try to provide by joining our fan club. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Jockandnerd! And you can support the show on a monthly or annual basis and get cool stuff. Uh, one thing of note, we do a monthly Discord hangout, and you get access to that. And this month's hangout is this week. Oh, it's, shit. It's Thursday, shit. Thursday, October 27th, 8 p.m. Am I doing something? A day out. You're, yeah, you're doing oh, something. You're going to be. I'm not doing well. Am I free? I'm Discord. better. I'm going to find something to do. No, don't. Clear your calendar. <laughs> I saw your calendar. It's free, you fucker. He just shoves, writes something in. Uh, get a manicure. I have to get a manicure. I don't know why. I gotta go get a. I gotta go uh, talk to my psychiatrist. I planned a vasectomy for that night. I'm sorry. Yes, it's always something. I'm getting my shoes, my feet sized. What? Okay. <laughs> Anyways, it's tomorrow from the day this show posts, Thursday, October twenty seventh, eight p.m. See you there. Uh, just one of the many benefits on our Patreon. Visit it right now. Join jockinner.com slash Patreon. Okay, let's get into the second review of the episode. This one is the Rock as Death Adam. In Black Adam, here are your spoilers. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Prepare to be spoiled! Back in 2007, The Rock posted an article uh, stating he was cast as Black Adam. In 2007. <laughs> this has been a long, long journey to get this movie made based on the DC Comics character Created by Otto Binder and C.C. Beck. First appearance in the Marvel family, number one, in December of 1945, when they were Fawcett comics. They weren't even DC comics. They were Leaky Fawcett comics. Uh, currently on the Rotten Tomatoes, this movie is at a 39% tomato meter. 15 years passed? Took him 15 years to make this fucking movie. Oh, and my it gets, God. It gets a 39%, 5.10 average rating. Now, the audience score is 90%. Oh, shit. Big gap hmm. there between the critics and the audience on this one. This is the highest Rotten Tomato audience score since the Dark Knight trilogy, apparently. Hmm. Yes. More interesting things as we get to the monies. The budget of this movie, a whopping $195 million. Hmm. Uh, it opens to about what they were tracking opening weekend domestic and makes $67 million, which makes it the best ever solo opening for Dwayne, the rock Johnson. It opened mm -hmm. higher than Shazam, which had 53 million. And it actually Aquaman also opened at 67 million. Uh, and it opened better than uh, some of the recent DC films like suicide squad and birds of prey and wonder woman, 1984. But there was some uh, pandemic shit going on in there. Worldwide, it opens to $140 million. It's currently sitting worldwide $209 million. Here's the thing. This, this box office may get bigger because they have secured a release date in China. Which is, oh, shit. Which is something uh, Marvel's, oh, shit. Marvel's Phase 4 movies have not been able to do. It's going to open in November. So I think China loves The Rock. And they're gonna love this movie, so you can add another. That's got to stay hundred million, hundred thirty million, uh, which is definitely gonna help. Uh, the movie is directed by uh, how do you say this guy's name? Zhao uh, Mei, Hao Mei, Zhao Mei, Colette Sarah, Zhao Mei, best known for uh, the Jungle Cruise, Nonstop, Orphan, written by Adam Sitiskiel, 
Rory Haynes and Sorab Nushirvani. Okay. Starring, of course, Dwayne Adam as Teth Adam. You got Aldous Hodge as Hawkman. Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate. Noah Centino as Adam Smasher. Sarah Shahi as Adriana. Uh, Quintessa Swindell playing Cyclone. Uh, and you got Mo Amur, the Palestinian-American stand-up comic, who is hilarious as the brother Kareem, who's got a great show on Netflix right now called Mo. It's really funny. You should check it out. And a uh, fun cameo by uh, The Funds. Henry Winkler. We'll just throw him in. That's right. We'll just throw him in. As well as cameos from uh, Viola Davis as Amanda Waller and Jennifer, James Gunn's wife. I think Jennifer Holland. Oh, yeah. Amelia Hartcourt. Uh, real quick cameos. Uh, Anthony, what happens in The Black Adam? Black Adam is about a fictional country called Kandak from the comics that back in the day, way, way back in the day, was the first civilization ever, and they were enslaved. A little kid happens to find the people that were in Shazam, the old gods, and become the savior of Kandak. That savior is locked in stasis for a while, along with some sort of crown that makes people really evil. Now Kandak is in the present time, and there are terrorists running Kandak or criminals running Kandak, along with people searching, random people that are good, that are searching for the crown. And in searching for the crown, they accidentally, or no, on purpose, actually, one of the good people free Black Adam again. And Black Adam is back after 5,000 years of slumber. And we don't really know if he wants to live up to being the hero of Kandak or if he just wants to do his own thing. And we don't know if we should they should stop him or if they should let him be the hero that everyone prophesizes he should be. So that's basically the movie. Yes, and in response, uh, you know, you get the Justice Society formed, sent after him. Make sure he hasn't gone rogue or whatever. Uh, Anthony, let's start with you. I want to hear about your if there a theater experience, anything of note, and uh, opening thoughts on this. Uh, I saw it Friday night at probably nine o'clock, so not a very big crowd. There were some punk ass kids talking a lot, which was fun. Um, but other than that, it wasn't too bad. Uh, so no, nothing really noteworthy on the theater experience. There wasn't a lot of people, so yeah, it wasn't that's, by any means. That's the noteworthy packed. part. Yes, there wasn't there wasn't a lot. But the theater I went to doesn't normally get packed for most showings, so it's not really doesn't really say much. Um, did you want me to go into what I thought of it, or did you want me to hold uh, on? Uh, well, I'll just say I went on a Thursday and it was fucking dead. There was maybe like twenty five oh, wow. people in the theater with me. I was like, I think what was good? My theater was like seventy percent. Full oh really? More. Oh yeah, that was interesting. Was, yeah, when I went to buy the tickets, I bought the tickets that day. There's only like maybe like the first two rows open, oh. and like a oh. few sprinkled throughout the. Uh, not very many open. Yeah, it was seats. quiet in mine, and compared to when I went to buy tickets for Black Panther Wakanda Forever like a month ago, like the theater was full. Like there was a very few single seats left that I was able to buy in the nice theater. So uh, I thought that was interesting. The different reactions. Mm. Uh, so Anthony, the movie ends. What did you think? What are we thinking walking out of this? Uh, when I walked out of there, I went, this kind of sucks. <laughs> and then I thought about it more. I'm like, this really wasn't that good. Well, no. I didn't really like the movie at all, to be honest with you. Um, we talk about Marvel a lot because they produce a lot of content and, you know, not to make this a DC versus Marvel pissing match, but sometimes you got to do that because, uh, it's just natural. I, I I don't really know what DC is doing. I just they're they're they either they play this completely safe first yeah. off, yeah. 
which is fine. But if you're going to play a safe movie, you can't have like terribly written dialogue like they have. You can't make a movie that I, I literally am. I, I there's nothing memorable about this. I don't. I, it, it feels like a movie that was made in the early 2000s when mm-hmm. it was superhero genre. You've got this kid that's terrible. You have a lot of really cheesy lines. You have The Rock playing it like he's 1991 Arnold Schwarzenegger, Team Terminator 2, where they're teaching yeah. him sarcasm and then a punchline at the end. He's like, it's as if he's the robot. I, I don't understand that. I don't really understand. I mean, there was some fun action, but like you throw in all these characters, Cyclone and Adam Smasher, I, I don't even really even need to be in the movie. You, you do this whole death thing with Dr. Fate, but I don't know if I felt anything towards his death. You've got, I'm not trying to be racist at all, but you've got Hawkman played by Aldous Hodge, who is performing like he's Anthony Mackie as Falcon. Like the, the line, the line writing for him is exactly the same. It just, this movie sucked, man. <laughs> it was terrible. Rugs, what happened here? Was there anything good? I mean, it does feature relentless action from the beginning. I'll tell you what all I the liked. Way through. Yes. Is there anything you like? I like that he kills people. He murders That's my a lot favorite of, thing. Yes, he murders. And that's not safe. Yes. Um, I agree with that. Uh, I hate the fucking kid. <laughs> Everybody the hated kid, the kid, apparently. The kid was the worst <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> fucking get rid of that kid. Like, doing a teeth I understand. Teeth with James or with uh, John Connor. It was like they were copying that. I mean, Eddie yeah, Furlong I'm, was fucking annoying in that movie, too. No, times. Eddie Furlong's way better. Go ahead, Rug. Sorry. <laughs> I understand why they put the kid there because you want to, like, restore. He Like, he's restoring uh, his family in a way. Like, he finds this woman and this girl uh, and this kid. Uh, and, and he feels like, oh, he starts to feel like a human being, you know. Uh, and so it's like a surrogate kid for him. Because his son got killed right, or whatever, right. right? So, um, I could see why they did that as in a, in a poetic way to do it, but like that kid just sucked. Like whoever wrote that kid thought that that was like a cool kid. They were wrong. And um, let's see, um, like literally everything that every time that kid was on screen, I'm like get this fucking kid off screen. He's ruining the movie. Terrible, terrible. And um, yeah, it was convoluted and it was repetitive. Like there was like these action sequences that happened like five times that were like the same being the same like point over and over again. And uh the JSA uh was fine, but like Hawkman like Hawkman being a black dude was kind of weird. Like in he's like this guy's trying to fight oppression, like or or what he perceives as oppression against Kandok or whatever this country that he's in, and you have this like this black guy going like, no, like doing like, what what a white guy should do, right. mm-hmm. you know, like, like like he's supposed to be like the guy who's like you got to follow the rules, right. you know, like like it just it was, the, the, it was they just were doing weird. the whole white savior thing with a black guy, right? Where it's yes, like he yes. comes into a foreign land, thinks he knows what's going on, but really yeah, has no it idea. It just was weird. Yeah. It just felt weird, but like I guess okay, whatever. That's fine. Like it doesn't matter to me, but I just thought it was odd. It was like an odd juxtaposition, but like w- even if you take that away, the they did Wonder Woman th- the Wonder Woman ending. Yes. With the, the third act. Yes. I was going to say the Wonder Woman third act ending is, is exactly the same. You think that the movie's over and then all of a sudden you have this bad CGI guy that they have to beat that looks terrible. Yeah. 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 
And that kind of like ends the movie on a sour note because like the beginning was weak because it, it was kind of like uh, you could tell that they stitched it together where it did it wasn't quite working. And the middle, okay, you have the JSA versus him, and there's some great action sequences. And like, okay, if they could just bring it home and like land it nicely, then we might ha- be able to have something that we could like at least be like, all right, it was fun. But no, the ending was just so terrible. I fell asleep. I, I did too. Like, how Whoa, do you fall you asleep? Fell asleep? You, you know what's yeah. funny? Our, uh, and a lot of people say if that. If you too. listen to our Patreon instant reactions, we do this without talking to each other. Me and Rug said exactly the same fucking thing. Wow. In both of them it was like I kind of dove off in the fighting. middle, and they did a Wonder Woman fucking third act ending. And other people have said the same thing. I've watched other reviewers say the same thing. It wasn't that late? So, Maybe I was tired. I actually enjoyed like the first half of the movie. It speeds through everything. There's so many things happening. Yeah, you want to talk about Game of Thrones it. speeding or House yeah, of the Dragon? This, this yeah. speeds through five thousand years of history in like five yes, minutes. It speeds through all the setup. You have a voiceover kid narrator. I was enjoying the first half where he comes back and he's trying to adjust and figure out what's going on and he's like a fish out of water. But then the minute it takes that flashback twist where they tell you uh, he wasn't the kid, it was his son and his son sacrificed himself to give him powers. The, they didn't need to do that, that either. The end necessary. of the movie is so messy and convoluted and confusing and like my eyes glaze over because there was just too much CGI action going on all the time. I did love the costumes. I think the costumes look dope. And they need to stop doing the thing where the helmet automatically forms and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's just it's easy to like, do. They that. overdo yeah. that. And every character does it. And it's like not cool. It anymore. doesn't make like, sense now, why like, Hawkman would need that. Yeah, just put no. a helmet on. Just, just put the helmet on. Put a helmet on. <laughs> that helmet is terrible, by the and, way. And, you know, there these the, the the Justice Society inevitably are going to be compared to Marvel characters. Like Dr. Fate is like uh, Iron Man meets Dr. Strange. You said it yourself, Anthony. Carter Hall Hawkman is is Sam Wilson Falcon. Adam Smasher is like Ant Man, Giant Man, and Cyclone is just like a colorful storm. It's just storm with colors. That's all they're doing. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, I one thing at the end I want to talk about. There's so many things that really bothered me. It's derivative. Uh, it has no rhythm in the plot in the second half, and it just doesn't have any dynamics. It doesn't ever let you breathe and get to like hang out with the characters. It's just fucking go 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 constantly barreling through shit. Don't you think it's odd that Shazam isn't involved in this Shazam at all? Shazam should have been very involved. Yeah, it's very odd. Shazam. The, if if you watch this movie, I was going. You got Jimon Hansu as well, the same wizard. I was literally going. I, if I'm I'm a, uh, you know, I'm a comic book fan, and I don't really understand how there's two Shazams. What's what's going on here? He like, was why Shazam, Shazam before Shazam. Yeah, but then yeah, I was very confused on that too. Like you just throw I in those that, characters. I think that Black Adam was the first attempt at a Shazam, yeah. and they chose poorly and then at the very end uh that one wizard is left and he gives his remaining power uh, to to shazam gotcha i agree with you rugs though I, I did like that he kills i thought that was a unique twist and i there is stuff to be mined there where you know you're if you're a hero and you kill and he doesn't believe he's a hero and i i liked some of that stuff where he you know, is talking about uh, who's going to teach him more. Where's his father? You know, I, those were kind of like cute little things. Who do you want to teach your son violence? Yeah, there you go. And that's kind of funny. <laughs> but they just the way the movie's edited, and I mean, his dialogue, The Rock, whoever wrote the dialogue, he, he's supposed to be five thousand years old, and, and yeah, he's, he's talking throwing like he's sarcasm and stuff. Yeah. It's just, yeah, I don't know. It, it felt like it. It really felt like someone that was 
16 years old wrote the dialogue. Shouldn't he be movie. like a Middle Eastern dude also if he's from this fucking fake Middle yeah, Eastern I mean, I, I, I can get over that. Uh, it's just... But like they 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 allude to so many like big problems and then they refuse to take a stand on any of them, right? It's all fucking surface. I would have thought this Black Adam would have been more like a maybe a Doctor Doom or a Black Panther who's like, "Get out of my land! I'm back. This is my country. All foreigners, yeah. I need to leave. I'm going to kill them all." This gang intergang, just very generic. Why did they have these speed bikes? Their name was Intergang. First of all. Where do they get these speeder bikes? What do they so do? So they wanted to get the helmet. I mean, the the crown, the crown so they could have. They wanted to get that so they could be powerful. Yes. Why? So, yeah. Why did the Adriana want the crown so she could use it to not yeah. be powerful? Or I don't understand. It? I don't understand why. A lot of questions. She wants the crown, and it's just. Why was she wanted? Why was she on the run? I guess she oh, was because she was her? looking for the crown. I I don't really. The one, of the, one, of the, one of the more embarrassing scenes was um, similar to, you know, how the little girl in Star Wars, Obi-Wan, yeah, is uh, or like, a little girl. Yeah. When he's in the apartment complex out maneuvering them on his skateboard <laughs> and they all have guns. <laughs> the staircase. Oh, my God. Uh, what, home what, alone what are we doing shit. here? Uh, uh. So and then the slow-mo. There is so much slow-mo in here. A few times, like 5% of the time, it looks cool. There's some times where it's completely unnecessary. Like, they're, they're showing you a slow-mo of, like, the wall with posters of Batman while they're... Fo- I'm like, yeah. why are you showing me this in as, slow-mo? As uh, Hawkman and, and Black Adam are kind of tearing yeah. things up. It's ridiculous. Why? What? That's not where you use the slow-mo. There's so much Zack Snyder slow-mo. Can we talk about the music needle drops for a second? This really oh, fucking that those mu- music needle drops shit. are very odd as well. Okay, the whole entire beginning of the movie is painted black by the Rolling okay, Stones, wait, wait, and then yes. they kick into it. First of all, though, I, I will tell you what I left. I was humming like the score. Like for some reason, that stuck with me. But initially, you see the kids skateboarding around Condock, right? This is a city that's oppressed. They're held in. What are they playing? Despite all my rage, I am still just a rat in a cage. Fucking a little on the nose, smashing pumpkins. Then, yeah, he's Black Adam, so painted black. Get it? Yeah. And then the worst, the worst is when he's there, like he's too powerful. And you hear one line from Kanye West's power. No one man should have all this power for like 20 seconds. And I'm like, am I watching a fucking commercial? For this movie, what it, it takes you right out. It was so. It takes you out of it because it, it doesn't fit no. the aesthetic they're going for. They're going for this Middle Eastern aesthetic with yes. a 5,000 year old character, yet you're throwing all this modern, all these modern songs on here, and you're just going, that was Is ridiculous. this, are they? It literally reminded me of when DC released Suicide Squad and they were trying to copy what Marvel First did one. with Guardians. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they were yeah. putting in yeah. all the needle drops for modern songs, and you're going, you're just, this is, a, now you're just trying it. to, it's just too on the nose. Like, what what are you doing? It. And this is even worse, yeah, I think, than Suicide Squad. It's too, uh, they just don't get it. There's an art to this. You gotta be, so we just saw in the Ant-Man trailer, the Elton John song, Yellow Brick Road is, per- that's perfect. That has meaning. This, they just, it's, just, the it's incongruent to the theme yes, of, it, of, or the, the aesthetic that you're going for. That's not fit, because I thought the score was actually pretty good of this. Like, well, it was a score. Yeah. They with with the painted black, they use it in the score. It was the score for like the whole beginning of the movie. Oh, it was like using the, those that, notes, yeah. Those chord progressions yeah. were the same. Yeah. And then finally, when he uses his powers and starts fucking shit up, then they go into painted black. 
But it was just weird that, that I thought there was from the commercials there had other music. Maybe they pulled it from another movie or something that sounded better. And I remember, and I'm like, when is that cue going to come in? And it never did. So I, at that point, I was like, oh, that's not the music for this movie. So uh, they should have done something more like what they used in the trailer. That was actually pretty cool. What did we? Uh, uh, what did we think of The Rock as Black Adam? You know, this is interesting. At first, I thought obviously he fills the suit great, and at, oh, he it, looks the part, right? He looks he's going to look like any superhero. You no have. padding. He, at, and at, at first, I was like, okay, he he held it down. He's he, his face is charismatic, but then the more I thought about it, he has the same expression throughout the movie, and. They largely fucking misused his charisma. Like the thing about the rock is he is very charismatic when you give him a chance to be. None of that is in here. It's one yeah. note expression the whole time. In fact, I think I would love to have spent more time learning about Black Adam. All that time they spent with the kid and the mom. They should have we should have been spending time with Black Adam. It's his movie. They put him away and put him to sleep for part of the fucking movie. What do you and mean? you uh, they remember he's oh, like yeah, oh I right. give up and they just put him away they literally just tuck him away underwater yeah. like this is a black that was a movie. weird that was by the way away. that was a weird turn too right he just gives up he yeah. just goes you know what the put me in jail this? screw it I'm not gonna I'm gonna say Shazam I'm like they just you know he's gonna come back out why are you putting him away what is this yeah that was very strange I, I, I completely agree with you Imran in that uh, you you first off I think I like Black Adam in the comics I think he's. Yeah kind of an asshole yes I, they did pull the thing where he floats around everybody and that's a time. totally yeah. a thing in the comics where yeah. he doesn't even walk he just floats yeah and black adam in the comics is kind of an anti-hero he's kind of like a namor type he should character. be a namor yes i just think i don't know why the rock wanted to play him but the rock is just not that guy he can't and instead, be a bad guy they, instead they did the they took like you said they took away his charisma and yeah. as mentioned earlier they made him do the Terminator thing? Yes, he's a I robot. Yes, I don't understand why. And I just don't that you're just now completely misusing the Rock. So everything about this was wrong. Yeah, in my opinion. I don't think he should have been the Black Adam. You let him do it, fine. Then you know what? Change the character. And and instead they changed. They made him just like this boring. It's bad when when your lead character is the Rock and he's the least interesting character on screen. Yeah, not, yeah sometimes good. when I fall asleep during a movie, <laughs> I care. I'm like, oh, what the, I missed something. I woke up in the middle of this movie going, oh, I did not miss anything. No. Like, I don't give a fuck. I didn't hate this movie. It wasn't like, you fucking assholes, mate. Like, when I, when I came out of Morbius. Oh. Was like, <laughs> the, it looks and, good, right? I mean, I think. Because at least I, at least I got what I paid for. Yeah. yeah. Like, I got to see The Rock you know, float around, look mean, and fucking kill guys, which was like, oh, he's killing some dudes. So uh, that was fun. And, uh, yeah, then the, the cameo at the end with uh, Cavill, that was nice. But then I'm like, well, weren't you have showed up earlier, like, when all the shit was going on and saved all of him from killing all these people? Oh, Amanda Waller didn't uh, tell no, him what was going on. Yeah, so um, it was strange. It was a strange experience, I'll tell you that. The post credit scene put a little smile on my face. It was exactly what was well, leaked. You, you had to know. You had to know first off before you get in that post credit scene. You yeah. had to know that by them leaking that post credit scene and just in literally the Rock telling people in his press tour, yep, that this there's this post credit scene that reminded me of other movies or uh, I, I can't think of them off the top of my head. But there's been superhero movies in the past that have either promoted a trailer yeah. or a post credit scene in their marketing campaign and all that tells you is 
we're not ha- we're not confident. The movie is not good. good. Yeah, even so, even the trailers. If you watch the trailers, it, you don't know what this movie is about. And I think because they didn't know what this fucking movie is about, because they should. I mean, the fucking red demon Sabak, and it doesn't make any sense why the guy had to die to come back to life. Like, and then how do you kill him then? Yeah, it doesn't. I don't know. It's so convoluted <laughs> and unnecessary. Is he I the do devil? Like, What's going on? There? He looked like the devil. I did enjoy when he ripped him in half right down the middle, like it was a goddamn cartoon. That was great. And look, I'm not expecting high art, right? I know what I was getting into. You want to see Brock murder people? He does it. It was somewhat fun, but you get you you, you got to give me a little bit more, a little it's, bit more substance. You can't be. It's so entirely insulting. forgettable, though. Like, it is very. Is anyone going to go back and watch that movie again? Some people are calling it the best DC film to date, but you know, oh, who those, well, people those, those people are, uh, art is subjective, wrong? but those people are wrong. <laughs> what about Eternium, which is like their version of Vibranium? I don't or know what that Adam is. Like, By the power is of Grayskull. Yes. What is going on? And did the humor get anyone? Like, did Mo Emmer, he had, he was trying to make, have some funny lines as Kareem, the brother, but I, I chuckled. No, that once. guy was trying too hard. So yeah, it didn't what? really work. Did he say something about the radio or something? He kept doing the running bit where he was playing what song on the radio? He was singing "Baby, Baby, Come Back baby to Me" ba- or baby something. "Baby Come Back," yeah. yeah, "Baby Come Back." And they, and they did it even when he picks them up. He's yelling. He's singing "Baby Come Back," even though it's like uh, the middle of a really tense situation. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. as if someone looked at Marvel and two thousand movies in the two thousand superhero genre and went, "Okay, uh, what's funny in every? What's where's the action and what's funny?" And let's just do that. Let's be funny and have action. Funny action. Funny action. With no real semblance of no how to stitch together yeah. a movie that actually is entertaining other than visuals and laughs. Yeah, it's all style. I thought Pierce Brosnan, though, was pretty good also. He kind of stood out amongst... Uh, yeah, he, he was legit. Yeah. He was but, good, but like, does anyone feel anything when he dies? They played up this no. big moment. As no. if him... and. You're like supposed to feel that him and Hawkman have been friends forever, but this is the problem when you throw in the JSA in the middle of another Pearson's movie, is that there's no build. Like we haven't spent any time with Hawkman and Doctor Fate and on their missions. And then the other two, like Cyclone, has one line where she explains like how she got her powers, and Adam Smasher's like, "I get big." I don't know. Yeah, he's, he's always eating doofus, and he's eating fried chicken out of a they bucket. Do, they do the running thing where Hawkman's just like, "Me and you, me and you." Yeah, because he keeps fucking up. Yeah. I don't him. know. I mean, it's, I, I'm with rugs. I don't hate it. I just go. Is this really? This is this is what what you got. This is was it entertaining? To this you is what at we're all? doing in 2022 with DC movies. I mean, you're already up against it with Marvel. Yeah. You you got to do stuff that makes you stand out, and instead you put out a a really generic movie with a well, boring lead. Let's uh, let's try and parse why there's a 90 percent audience score well, your audience is loving this um well they're dumb like, <laughs> oh but yeah. um it's it's okay to be dumb because like i like dumb movies too it's not like oh, yeah, it's we, okay we, we, we you know, I'm, 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 90s movies yes <laughs> yeah i'm sitting here talking about this movie like i expected it to be high art but i this is the thing you got one of the biggest celebrities that's out there right now name recognition wise but working on this film since 2007 um, DC is in big trouble and needs a win. Um, marketing wise, getting people into the thing with the Henry Cavill scene, uh, sparked interest and everything like that. Um, the movie, they spent money on this movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, their shit blowing up all over the place. You're going to see fucking, uh, all kinds of, all kinds of spectacles yeah. for your testicles. Definitely. There's all of that there. 
So in that way, it was a success. Yeah. In that way, uh, it it brought a Middle Eastern, you know, community that's that's fake, kind of like Wakanda, like uh, a that a version of Wakanda that's Middle Eastern uh, into the into the fray, and and now. There's all this other, all these other characters that we've never seen before, and stories that have never been told. So on all those fronts, it did succeed. So I could understand, but to be ninety percent is a little bit much. I, I think. Uh, I think the audience also. There's this culture now within Rotten Tomatoes culture where, if a movie is universally bombed yeah, the by the critics, the, I think the audience just goes wants well, to stick it to the critics, yeah, and then vice that. versa. I think when movies do really well, especially movies with some sort of agenda, the audience, no matter what, will review yeah. on it. I think there's a little bit of that going on. They were saying like, oh, because the critics are so woke, they didn't like this movie because it wasn't politically. Uh, they were really what? reaching for <laughs> <laughs> some of these guys were like really reaching for like why the critics were so wrong. And it has nothing to do with that. It's just that the movie's not that great. No. It's just all. I mean, this could have is. been like a, a Black Panther moment in terms of dealing with like a land that has colonizers and oppressors and and fighting for them. But they they the movie's not the movie's very unconcerned with that. No, they don't care about that. They don't care about a lot of things or to explain a lot of things. It's very surface and. Well, the thing is, there's nothing wrong with a good popcorn flick. Yeah, it is a popcorn flick. And this is all that's trying to be is a popcorn flick. I just didn't find it to be all that entertaining of a popcorn flick, to be honest. Especially given the genre, given the amount of spectacle we get in the genre all the time, given the amount of spectacle we get in fandom, like, you got to do more. You can't can't release this movie and then have me be excited about the direction of DC. You think uh, The Rock is happy? Or does he deserve a better movie, or is this good enough for him right now? I think now? he's happy. This is what his biggest opening, build. right? Yeah, it's his biggest op- solo biggest opening. opening as a solo, and mm-hmm. audience seems to like it. I don't know if he necessarily gives a shit what the critics thinks if the yeah. audience is giving it that. So he's probably he does happy. It. Yeah, he already posted like the Rotten Tomato score, and he's like, "We do this for the audiences as long and as th- they're." And happy. I think they're already in the midst of fast tracking a Black Adam two. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're but, clearly going to make yeah. a Superman film. That I think he's probably like. I think he probably thinks he's invigorated the DC franchise. And I think for a lot of people, not me, yeah. I think for a lot of people, they might be reinvigorated. I think they I might think be going, so. oh, like this was good. Henry Cavill's back. They're doing a Man of Steel too. Like we're on our way. And sure, feel that These way. These two guys are going to fight probably. Yeah. So maybe people are real excited. I, it doesn't make me pumped, but, you know. No, and I think that's the bigger win out of this, despite what the movie yeah. is the win is that the rock is now a dc canon he's involved he got you know the movie is like warner brothers a fucking mess and the post credit scene is like here's how we're gonna save everything fucking superman's pack so this is uh you know they're, they're kind of uh fixing their mess and we're like here's the future and here's the salvation but yeah you know it's like I mean, bringing back henry cavill let's that's a good that's a win so is the rock if The Rock in this movie brought him back and they're going to do a Man of Steel 2, that's that's a win. So there you go. I'll give it that. Yeah, and he murders people with electricity it, from his fingers. It's great. It's, just, it's a strange movie. <laughs> it has strange implications. Um, it's could have been done so much better. I feel like an easy way to do it would have been, instead of all these other ancillary characters, I know that uh, I know it's like, uh, quote-unquote, whitewashing it because we're taking away all the Middle Eastern characters, but you just have the JSA and maybe a character, a Middle Eastern character in the JSA or a, a someone who's 
trying to find something the JSA is looking for, Dr. Fate, looking for some kind of mystical shit. And then, you know, Black Adam wakes up. And then it's 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 tight. I was going to even say, like, Hawk Girl falls in love with him or something, or Hawkman is, like, kind of, like, you know, whatever. Like, they could have done something with that and, and kept it really, really tight and not had all these ancillary characters that don't really matter mm. and, and and kept it, like, almost like a Guardians of the Galaxy yes. where they keep everything tight. Yeah, yeah. You know? It got a little sloppy. Well, what's weird, too, is if you're into the DC universe... I don't know that it really makes sense that the JSA and Waller would be working together. Right. Like, you've, you've established that Waller is a shady character that is, her army's been the Suicide Squad, and she, she runs keeps the, tracks the Black tabs Ops on everyone. team, not yeah. like the good guys. So then why would she be involved with the JSA? It's just, there's a lot more questions that come up. I don't know. It, that didn't make much sense. They to have connected it, though, to Justice League and now Shazam and Suicide Squad, so... It does put out its little connectors to the rest of the movies. Uh, but yeah, no. And also, Adriana, Sarah Sahi's character in the comics is ISIS. Adriana Tomas. Ooh, that's a, Not the terrorist that's, group. That's a tough name. But uh, <laughs> the superhero, ISIS. Spicy. It was fun to see some new characters from the DC universe. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, it was cool. Some of the characters, you know, the visualization of the characters yeah. wasn't bad. Dr. Fate was cool. Hawkman was cool. The guy, the big guy, Adam Smasher, was a, kind of funny at times. And it does take place all in one location. I don't know if that's good or bad. I felt like we were there a lot, and he destroyed a large, large part of it, but it's still standing. Yeah. Uh, but it should have been about, yeah, I mean, I, there was just too many things to try to fucking tackle. All thrown in at this movie. I think if you're like 12, you you're going to like yeah. this love movie. It. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's for, this movie is for 12-year-olds. That's what it is. And, like, that's fine. There's it's fine. It was definitely nonstop action. I think they, you played it rugged. It, it might have been five fight scenes. Oh my god! It just kept it just kept going. It needed a little bit of a rhythm, a little bit of a of slowdown. I mean, even though they do put him away and they're still fighting, I just think that the bad guy at the end was so yeah, yeah. so Completely bad. Completely forgettable. Big red demon sabak. Just so like yeah. All right. All right. Well, look. Let's just boilerplate. Let's rate this movie. Try to rank it amongst the new crop of DC films that started with Man of Steel. Maybe amongst the solo movies, because the DC solo movies tend to be some of their better stuff. Uh, Anthony, what number would you give it? Where would you put it? Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one. Four and a half out of ten. Oh, me. my God. Oh, shit. I didn't, I didn't like it. And the more I thought about it, the more unforgettable I, I thought it was. And I went, yeah, I just don't like this. <laughs> um, as far as where I rank it, I'm going to pull out my list. So of the DC Extended Universe, which yes. includes Zack Snyder's Justice League, I have it ranked eighth oh. out of 12. Oh. The movies I have behind it are Wonder Woman 84, Suicide Squad, BVS, and Justice League. Justice League. Justice League. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. That seems about right. Uh, yeah, sure. Rugs, where you put this thing? Okay, how many movies are in there? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, well, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, twelve. All right, so uh, I would put it probably in uh sixth place, seventh place, right, right in the middle. Yeah, it's the middle of the pack. I mean, I d- BBS is more of a tragedy because uh, in a lot of ways, and uh, I would say the Justice League is a bigger tragedy. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh. 
Suicide Squad's a pretty big tragedy. Uh, Birds of Prey in Wonder Woman 84, pretty bad. Yeah. So it's right there. Um, seven. Yeah. So it's, I would put it right above those in, uh, cause it's a big movie and it's got big movie things. Yeah. And if you're like a little, if you want that, it's there. And, uh, yeah, I think it's okay for like a, just a general good versus evil movie or good versus gray. Yeah. Or gray versus evil. I don't know how you even categorize it. I want to give it a six. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. I I also I thought it was a six out of ten. The spectacle was kind of entertaining. But where where does the uh, Black Adam end up at the end? We don't really know. No, oh, he stays on Kandak. Yeah, he he smashes the 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 throne, and he's like, it doesn't right. need a ruler, it needs a protector. So he's finally gonna be the warrior for Kandak. But he, he wants to be Kandak, or wants to be the warrior, and Waller says that's his prison now. Oh yeah, if you leave there, I'll take you out. I'm putting it right where Rugs put it. I think he's it is like middle of the pack. It's better than all those movies you mentioned. Uh, but I, it's pro- it's probably my least favorite solo movie out of the bunch. All the other solo movies, oh. like in terms of Man of Steel, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Shazam, The Batman. It That's is. That's a good point. Well, I think I Wonder Woman '84 is pretty. Well, shitty. I'm not counting '84. <laughs> I'm counting the first Wonder Woman solo movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, '84 sucks. Though, you mean the first solo movie? Yes, the first solo Got movie. It. Uh, it's, you know, those others are still better than this, but I don't know. I don't know. I was confused. I was like, was I even entertained? I don't know. Was this fun? Uh, I, I wasn't sure. I wasn't mad, but I definitely walked out going, yeah, I don't think I'll ever watch that again. Yeah, slightly disappointing, but I'm surprised you guys both fell asleep. That's kind of pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah, and it wasn't. I, really- I did. I did fall asleep. Yeah, I was like fighting really, really bad to stay and awake. Like, there was the, so the last- much CGI. Like my eyes just glazed over at one point. I think I'm like, I don't even know what I'm watching anymore. What the but, fuck is like, going on? I thought about Morbius a lot while I was watching. Oh boy, I was like, is Morbius worse or is this worse? That is a really good That's question. A good debate. I think That's a good debate. I think this is a little bit better than Morbius because at least. I think you get what you pay for. Yes. Yeah. Like Morbius is just a letdown in every single way. Yeah, I would agree. I think I like this a little more than Morbius. Yeah. Also, you, you got right. Like you have the rock playing black Adam. You you get, you know what you're going to get. Yeah. This is Jared Leto thinking he's doing some high art as Morbius. Yeah. And it <laughs> just, just does not work. Fun. And the movie is so just, it's so dark. All I remember is black screens, dark screens, at least this was like some shit in daylight. And, and, and there's just a sense of desperation in Morbius. Yeah. You have that post credit scene where they're trying to tie it to Spider-Man and you just, you just go, oh, my God, guys, Sony, you please, are just please so can desperate we play right with now. Spider-Man. But, man, still, 15 years with The Rock's uh, high, one of the highest profile roles he's going to have, you'd think, would have been. One of the bit. highest paid actors. What, and he is, yeah, one of the highest paid actors right now. You'd think it would be a little bit better. So. Oh. But I think I mean for us, he's again we talked about yeah. it. fans are happy yeah fans are happy it's making money they're doing a sequel so and he's in now he's, he's in. probably like this is great this yeah. is exactly what I want I'm sure he, I'm sure he's happy he can move on now that he got this fucking done but we'll see he's if he's got becomes, his franchise yeah, yeah. He's, you know that was the one thing everyone was criticizing for is other than Fast and Furious he doesn't have his own thing he's got his own thing now he's gonna what about people Jum- people like cruise it. or the jumanjis no that's not his thing. No, well yeah those i get but not his own action it's thing, not right? yeah it's, yeah so now he's got his own action thing. so i think it's a win for the rock despite all the fucking yeah. how it came out so okay good all right let's hear what our listeners thought in some news from the nation 
It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. Okay, Blake Braden said entertaining, felt like one long video game cinematic, some corny lines. A few people outright laughed at some of the very cliche moments. Thin plot and premise. Pierce Brosnan did a good job as Dr. Fate. I hope they find some way to bring his character back. Aldous Hodge was fine as Hawkman. Obviously, The Rock has very little depth acting-wise, which I guess works for this character right now. Cavill returning as Supes was exciting. 6.5-ish out of 10. See, it's weird. In a way, The Rock does work, but it also doesn't work because you know what he can do, and they don't right. get to use that. But this is a yeah. They understate him. They too much weird. understated. It is a one note character. Jesse Rodriguez enjoyed it, but what the fuck? Everything that revolved around the kid <laughs> was absolute trash. Cut the kid out, and the movie becomes much better. He says action was great, flying CGI scenes. Doctor Fate was extremely good. However, I got a Doctor Strange and Iron Man vibes with the whole seeing death and overall outcome predictions with Hawkman. I couldn't tell you the name of the Wind Girl, the Cyclone. CGI for Skinny Rock was horrendous and jarring. Did anybody else think that? That's right. They did Skinny Adult <laughs> Rock. It, it was, all, it was all right. Why did Hawkman run up the stairs at the end when the shield went up? Easily could have flown and possibly saved fate. Anyways, enjoy the action, but the kid stuff took me out of it. Yes. Kid stuff was, was awful. Yes. Yeah. Was very cringy. Jamie Robinson from Mr. Throwback Thursday podcast says, if not for BBS and Wonder Woman 84 being things, this would be my least favorite DC film. I love Aldous Hodge. If you haven't seen Brian Banks, you are doing yourself a disservice. But was not invested in Hawkman, although his issues with Adam Smasher were humorous. Cyclone scenes had some cool visuals, but her character seemed to be summed up when she was asked what she did. And she said, wind. Uh, life is the only path to death. Death is the only path to life. Stupid is and stupid does. <laughs> the only cool part was the cameo of Young Rock from the TV show. I missed that. Teth Adam is an outdated name. Let's call you Black Adam. Whatever. Yeah, I didn't even understand where she's like, oh, wait, turn the crown upside down. It mirrors itself. Like, what What are you doing? Oh, also, another stupid thing was the, the bad guy being the, the ancient relative of the. Oh, yes. The, the guy the, the from king. 5,000 years ago. Uh, I am this, the, his descendant. That's why it's he like, wants it, the crown. It's like he took, it took you guys this long to find <laughs> the thing, and you've been passing this down from generation to generation. It's just it's so silly. Uh, just unnecessary, convoluted it's mess. It's just so silly. And so It's like overly badly written. Yes, yes. Too much. Too many things. Okay, let's finish up with some what are we watching. Uh, did you guys catch up with Andor Episode 7? No. Yes. Oh, you got a no and a yes. <laughs> all right, well. All Is it good? I will say it's a, a, you know, it's kind of a slow burner episode. It's after the crazy, awesome heist episode, but there's a lot of great emotional moments, a lot of good character dynamics. Uh, there's a, a big, I don't know if it's a time jump or something crazy in the end. That's interesting. I rather enjoyed it. Seeing more of the motivations of people post heist and how it's affecting everyone. Rugs, what did you think? Were you bored or still is it into it? It was all right. It was okay. Okay. No, it wasn't terrible. Yeah. I like uh, Mon Mothma's whole situation, but um, it was good. It wasn't as good as the other episodes, I don't think, but I think it was still decent. Yeah, well, it's the beginning of another three episode arc kind of thing, but no, I just, when you watch it next week, we'll see. There, I thought there was a lot of interesting things. 
I mean, they wrapped up a lot of stuff. So, which is, yeah. Is this, there's, it's still going to keep going. There's 12 episodes. So, yeah, yeah we so still got a while yet. to go. In the meantime, I caught up on a couple of 90s action movies Ooh. this week, fellas. Uh, things that are readily available. Uh, the, cool. the two movies were Point Break, which Ooh. you can watch on Netflix, and I watched Desperado, Ooh. which is available on Hulu. I am an FBI oh, agent. I got great line reading by Keanu. <laughs> FBI Listen, agent. Point Break, Catherine Bigelow directing <laughs> some beautiful shots, great bromance between Johnny Utah and Bodie. Uh, Swayze is in his prime. You learn how to surf. Uh, they kind of teach both you. Did. They both did. And the audience learns, too. Just got to pop up. Uh, but just pop the up. surfing <laughs> scenes, it looks, I'm sure it's not that easy. The surfing scenes were great. And I just, it's, it's a solid. I just remember Anthony Kiedis being. Yes, he Anthony is. Kiedis is one of the fucking uh, uh, the surfer dudes. Thugs, yeah. yeah, thugs. Still holds up. I mean, it's a great movie. And, and Keanu is so young. In this, but I think he works in this role. I don't know. And why. Firm. firm, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty good movie. It's really good. The uh, Catherine Bigelow is really good as a director. Yeah. There's some there's a good chase scene. Good chase scene. It shouldn't really work. You know, it's about surfer dudes that are robbing banks, <laughs> but for some reason it does. And yeah, it's it's almost as much a bromance movie as it is an Absol- action. Movie. Absolutely, that chase scene through the yards in wherever they are, through everybody's backyard, is fantastic. Yeah, uh, and the ending is uh, is fun too. Needs more bald guys. It needs like to be more like Fast and Furious. <laughs> it needs Ken Leong somewhere surfing. No, <laughs> yeah, I liked I liked Point Break a lot when I first saw it months a couple months ago. Yeah, it's a good one. Have you watched Have you watched it recently, Rugs? No, I've been planning on it, yeah. and I just never did. But maybe, yeah, maybe I can't wait will. to see it. I will watch it soon. Yeah. It's one. Of, it's on the list. Uh, and then Desperado. I, well, we just watched that though, didn't we? No. Point Break or Desperado? No. Desperado. No, we watch Desperado. No, Desperado. We never. I I watched it when during mid COVID when I was uh, Roman Polanski, Anthony. I watched Desperado, oh. but that was the first time I'd seen it in a while. Oh, I, but we thought we talked about it. No, we no, didn't. We, so. we haven't. This, I, no, we 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 did the. Didn't we do the line where Cheech Moran is that? No, from that's Desperado? from uh, Dust Till Dawn. There we go. Yeah, we talked <laughs> yeah. about Dust Till Dawn. No, a but bit. this one has great Quentin Tarantino lines. I honestly, I love this. Is like probably Robert Rodriguez, one of his better movies. I love him channeling John Woo and Quentin Tarantino together, smushing them together, uh, and then Tarantino's whole monologue where he's telling that joke. He's like the guy looks at the glass. He's thinking about the glass. He's thinking about his dick, dick, glass, glass, <laughs> dick, dick, glass. So, and then yeah. when he's in the back and he's looking at the monitor at the shootout, he's like, "Is that going on right now outside?" Like that's great. But fucking Antonio Banderas is a badass. Uh, Selma Hayek, super hot. The music is great. It has a great shootout scene. The ed- Danny Trejo. Oh, and then Danny Trejo is this guy who's just lurking around in corners. With knives. With the, the knife thrower. <laughs> it, it, the ending, though, is a little anticlimactic. Uh, the bad guy yeah, the dies. ending sucks. But that shootout beforehand is fucking phenomenal. Uh, yeah, just jumping and shooting. Bucho. Bucho. I'm looking for Bucho. Uh, <laughs> so, no, very, very enjoyable movie. Uh, great flamenco music throughout, too. I love the music in this. Uh, yeah, it's a good one. Desperado's a good one. Anthony, you watch mm-hmm. anything? No, I, I haven't had time. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get back on the '90s train. Rugs, you watch anything? Mm, did I? I can't even remember <laughs> what I watched. 
I started watching Edge Runners, and I thought that was pretty yeah. cool. Talk about that last week. Let's watch more. Yeah, okay. and I'm not done with that. I was. I want to. I want to watch the Peripheral, but I never got around oh, to that yeah. either. Yeah, I hear it's like uh, uh, what's that show? Westworld light a little bit. Now is it? But uh, not as pretentious, but cool sci-fi. William Gibson. Okay. William Gibson right. novel. So yeah, I might check that out on Amazon. Still haven't finished Dahmer. I got a couple episodes left. <laughs> Your favorite <laughs> show. It's right. It's good. It's really good. It's just rough. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, that's it then. We're done. Rugs, where can the listener find you online? You can find me at Really Rug Boy on Twitter. Is that still a thing? I don't even know. It is. Make sure you visit the show notes for this episode, jockinner.com slash 458. Remember, I will have the list of 32 90s action movies down there. Email us your faves for to make it to the top four. You may win something if you're on our Patreon. And if you're not and you win, then you get our utmost respect and uh, some other stuff. I'll record uh, something for you with my shirt on. No, I won't do that. Whoa. Whoa. You, don't want, you don't want that. <laughs> I don't know if that's a problem. We no shouldn't have said it. Now we got to do it. Uh, that is valuable footage. No one's ever going to see that. Anyways, <laughs> share the show, listener. Thanks for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. He's the jock. He's a nerd. I still have my shirt on, so we'll peep you next time. Show me your boobs, I fucking loved it. My my nipples have no color anymore. (laughs) Little Igo. Lame. Jock and nerd.